Also had the opportunity to be with some uh, brethren from the Czech Republic, uh, uh, some folks that I'd met there uh, when I'd done the Prague lectures uh, a couple of different years in 2014 and 16, or 13 and 15, whenever uh, it was. Uh, I was glad to see them and have the time to spend with them. I have a lot of things to tell you about the trip and about some of the men that we are supporting there and the work that is going on. Uh, a couple of things in particular I will just mention very quickly this morning as, as we get started. One is that Johnny Berdini had his follow-up surgery uh, while I was there. Uh, they went in to try and find potential bleed spots to address those issues to try and uh, minimize the potential for future bleeds. Unfortunately, they were not successful in, in uh, addressing any of those areas. So for the time being, uh, things have gone well, and we pray that things will continue to go well. Uh, Johnny is about to resume his physical therapy, working on his shoulder. He will have a permanent disability in his shoulder, uh, but he is uh, continuing to take physical therapy, trying to address some things that perhaps can be improved over the next uh, few months. So uh, the works in uh, Trieste and Montfalcone are going extremely well. They've had several baptisms in the last few months there. The new Christians are growing and uh, the churches are excited and enthusiastic about what's happening there. A lot, of, uh, a lot of very positive things happening there. Down in the area of Rome in particular, I bring you uh, greetings from Stefano Antonella Corazza, also from uh, Marco Di Martino and his mother Benedetta. Uh, I bring you greetings from uh, Francesco and Rita Foschi. Uh, Francesco is the preacher that we support. In the area of Rome, he preaches in Latina. Uh, for those of you who know Francesco and Rita, they've been here a couple of times. Rita's father died this past week, and so we certainly want to be mindful of her and all of the Foshi family in our prayers. Marco is uh, doing well. The work in Champino is going very well, and a lot of good things happening there. I'm looking forward to giving you more detailed report about all of that. He is still on schedule to bring Alessia to his home for her permanent care beginning in October. Uh, there's a lot to be done between now and then. It's going to be uh, a life-changing moment. She is in a coma care facility in Foligno that's about two and a half hours away from Rome. She has been there since uh, she had her stroke on December the 30th in 2016. Uh, so it's been some two and a half years now uh, that she's been in a coma. Uh, he is going to bring her to his home for her care uh, going forward beginning in October. I'll have more to tell you about that. I do want to tell you that Marco uh, not only is doing a great work there in Champino uh, with the new church that was established there just in the last few years. Uh, Marco is working with a group down in South Italy in the area of Foggia a place uh, that was uh, established many years ago by some American brethren who were evangelizing there. And uh, they basically uh, abandoned that area. And those folks were left without uh, anyone working with them. There's a group of women there. kind of reminds you of uh, Lydia and the women who met by the river to pray. Uh, those women have been like solid rocks. 
And uh, there are about 10 of them that have uh, not ceased uh, to meet and worship and uh, proclaim the word in every possible way. Uh, They have begged for teachers and preachers of the word to come and to help them. Uh, Marco, in the last couple of years, in fact, before Alessia's uh, illness, Marco and Alessia had begun going down there once every other week to work with them. Uh, That was interrupted for a while. Marco has resumed his work uh, with these women uh, in this church. There's a lot of interest on their part in having... uh, some, some men come there to teach and to preach and to help study with their husbands. And uh, so we are, we are really trying to look ahead and to address some of that. I'll tell you more about that uh, in, at a future time when we're talking about, uh, about the work. Marco today is in Milan, uh, and he is working with a small group of Christians there, also who are without a preacher. And uh, they in a very strange sort of way, they found out about Marco and asked him if he would come and just teach them some Bible lessons. And uh, I want to tell you, it will be a very, very important and significant thing uh, to have a foothold in the city of Milan. Milan is a huge city in Italy. And uh, to, have, to have a faithful church there, to have brethren there, uh, proclaiming the word would be a wonderful thing. And uh, so we're praying for good to be done this weekend there in Milan uh, from his efforts. The Berdinis, the Carrazzas, the Di Martinos, the Foschis, everyone sends you their love and their greetings. They all want to come and see you again, and they're all wanting you to come there and see them, not at one time, but if you will take turns going. Uh, They would be very grateful about that. This morning I want to talk for just a few minutes about keeping the focus. It's something that's very much on my mind right now because of the evangelistic efforts uh, that I've been engaged in for the last few weeks in particular. It It was always God's will as the gospel was being brought into the world by Jesus Christ. It was always God's will that the gospel was going to be carried to everyone. And that all of the world was going to have the opportunity to hear the good news. So that in in Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul said, So this is it. We proclaim Him, that is Christ, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all His energy, which so powerfully works in me. The Apostle Paul was talking about his life. You you know that Colossians was this letter, this epistle is one of the prison epistles. Uh, uh, Paul is writing uh, in some circumstances that we would say would be circumstances less than ideal. He is evangelistically focused. The thing that he cares about is that the gospel is preached. And if he's going to be arrested and taken to Rome, and if he's going to be uh, made subject to the Praetorian Guard, so be it. He wants the gospel to be preached. And and so he's saying in Colossians chapter 1, we proclaim Christ. And I'm saying to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, he's reminding those Christians, that's who we are. 
And, and that's what we are all about. We are the ones who proclaim Christ. Therefore, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Fundamental. This is it. Paul said, we are proclaiming Christ. Jesus said, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to make disciples of every nation. God intended that Christians take their faith into the world and that their faith become contagious, attracting others, capturing the attention of others, drawing others to Him. In fact, Jesus said in His inaugural address that we were to be a people of good works so that they would in turn glorify God who is in heaven. God wanted us to attract people in a very positive way, but not to ourselves. He wanted us to show people the love, the, uh, the grace, and the mercy of God as it is being lived out in our lives. What does a contagious congregation look like? I, I, I would tell you that in part, a, a contagious congregation, one that is making the gospel attractive, they are those Christians for whom evangelism is a very natural thing. It's not something that is contrived. Okay, you get those robocalls. I know you do. If you don't, I'm very envious of you. I'll change numbers with you. You get those robocalls. You can tell immediately. You can tell immediately when a telemarketer is calling. You can tell immediately when you're getting one of those Because they all sound like that hollow, insincere, this is what I'm supposed to say. I'm doing circular breathing here. I'm not going to take a breath because if I do, you might want to interrupt me and try to hang up. And I don't want you to hang up. So just please continue listening to me while I talk without putting periods at the end of my sentences so that we can, you know, and that's the way it goes. Christianity is not like that. Christianity was intended to be a way of life for us. It's it's intended to be who we are, and our evangelism is supposed to be something very natural. So that in Acts the 8th chapter, when the Christians were persecuted in Jerusalem, they went everywhere, Michael Green says in his uh, excellent book on uh, first century evangelism, Michael Green says that those early Christians went everywhere gossiping Jesus. Now, he wasn't using gossip in a negative sense, but he meant by that, that everywhere they went in the marketplace, at at the family gatherings, at at the banquets, at the dinners, Christians were very openly and very naturally talking about Jesus. They were talking about Christ. They were talking about their hope. They were talking about their salvation. A contagious congregation is one in which the evangelism that is being practiced is just a very natural thing. It is a natural outgrowth of who we are. That's, that's what he's saying. And it is a congregation in which the people, the people comprised by this group are those whose lives are being truly changed and not merely touched. You know the difference between a changed life 
and a touched life? I can tell you in part that, that any time anytime someone is making a, an emotional appeal to you that is at some point going to be directly related to your wallet, this is the way it works. The, the difference is, the difference is, sometimes the message that we hear touches us, but it doesn't really change us. I mean... We shed a tear for the moment. I, I feel something, but when it's over, it's over. And I go on about my business. And there are some dangers that we face in being the kind of people God has called us to be as we're trying to focus on evangelism. The, the danger is in part, at times, you know, we've had some terrible packaging of the gospel, the marketing of the gospel. I don't like the word marketing as it pertains to gospel, but I'm saying to you, as we take the gospel into the world, the way we present the gospel at times has not always been the best. And, and so the Apostle Paul said, be careful. Be, be careful how you are going about presenting the message of Jesus to others. As for myself, Paul said, I can tell you this, although I am free and I belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. I myself am not under the law, but I did it so as to win those under the law. Paul said, I I was... I'm so focused on what I'm trying to accomplish and getting the message of Christ to others. If I'm around Jews, I become like a Jew. Why? Because I have to? Because I'm obligated to? Because God has required me to be a Jew? No. Because I don't want anything to get in the way to distract from the message I'm trying to deliver about Jesus Christ. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I'm not free from God's law, I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became like one weak. So that I could win the weak. I become all things to all men. So that by all possible means, I might save some. Paul said, I want to tell you, the gospel is what matters. Not my preference, not my taste, not my favorite way to do things. That's not the point. It's about Christ. It's about the message of Christ. It's about exalting Christ. It's about embracing Christ. It is about living in Christ. Sometimes we have the Acts 15 problem. Verse 5 in Acts 15 says, Some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. Really? Is that what God said? No, but that's what they thought. And they were Jews, and they came from a Jewish background, and now they were followers of Christ, but they still had great respect for Jewish law and Jewish tradition, and they wanted everybody to have such respect, and they were imposing that and preaching that and proclaiming that. And Paul is saying, that's not the gospel. 
That's not the gospel. And we have to be careful when we are carrying the gospel of Christ to people that we are carrying to them only the gospel. Only the gospel. Let me suggest to you three or four things very quickly in staying focused on evangelism. Number one, we, we need to stay focused on conversions and not just baptisms. One of the things I did during these weeks that I was in Italy, I, I had classes with some of the newest Christians there. And, and one of the things that really impresses me uh, about, uh, about the growth of, uh, of those churches is their dedication and their, the attention that they give. Not just, not just to the process of bringing someone to Christ, but the process of helping someone grow up in Christ. How fundamental that is. How challenging that is. Especially in that culture and the understanding that they have of that. I, I'm saying to you that Jesus said, even in the parable of the sower, as he talked about the shallow soar, uh, the soil that was going to germinate the seed, the seed would germinate and the plant would grow. But, you know, the, the first time the, the sun came out and got really hot, there's no depth here. And the, the plant's going to wilt. It's going to fade away. There's going to be no fruit. We need to, in our evangelistic efforts, understand that the objective here is to make disciples, to truly convert people to Jesus Christ. Somebody says, well, I thought a person needed to be baptized to be a Christian. Absolutely. But the objective of what we're, what we're trying to accomplish here is not merely an objective to get someone in the baptistry. We, we are trying to unite them with Jesus Christ as a way of life from now on. That's the point. That is the point. Baptism is a part of that. But let's, let's not make baptism the thing. Being with Jesus, walking with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, that is the thing. Being converted is the thing. I fear sometimes, I fear sometimes that in our enthusiasm and haste to get someone baptized into Christ, we forget that immersing them in water is a precious little consequence if their hearts have not been turned and if they are not ready to make a commitment of their lives to Jesus Christ. That is the fundamental thing. Over and over again in the Scriptures, we are reminded of the importance of helping others know that it's not just a matter of coming to Jesus, it is a matter of obeying Him, keeping the commandments, living like Him, thinking like Him, walking like Him, being like Him. Secondly, we must stay focused on obedience, not just doctrine. And I mean by that, not just doctrinal positions. I think sometimes we have taken great solace in the fact that we hold the right position on, and then we make our list. We have the right position on this. We have the right position on this. We have the right position on this. And, and wonderful for the position. But I'm saying this. Being able to recite 
all the right positions on all the hot issues of the day is not the same thing as living a life for Jesus. There are a lot of people who can recite the facts, who don't live the life. Jesus was looking for people who would live the life. In John, the eighth chapter, we're reminded of Jesus' instructions and his encouragement to those disciples to follow him, to obey him, to keep the commandments. The Apostle Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 13, it's not enough. It's not enough just to, just to spew out a lot, of, a lot of good words and good things and factual truth. It's not enough even to do things in and of themselves We are operating from a basis of love and our commitment to Jesus Christ, and we must live in that way. We must stay focused on conviction and not just argument. Ladies and gentlemen, it is important. It is important to know the Word. It is important to study the Word. It is important to be able to handle correctly the Word of God. But I want to tell you, life in Jesus Christ is not just about winning arguments. Life in Jesus Christ is about exemplifying in our daily living the essence, the outcome, the consequence of what it is we say that we believe. And so we are trying, as we are focusing on evangelism, we are trying to stay focused on our conviction that Jesus is the Christ. What does that mean? It means that He is Lord. What does that mean? Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? If He is the Christ and He is Lord and we are convicted of that, then it means we bow our knees to Him. And no one has to beg us to do what is right. We have already submitted to Him to doing what is right. And finally, let me say, we must stay focused on relationship and not just membership. Being present for the meeting is not the same thing as being connected to the group. Do you know the difference between being present at a meeting and actually being connected to the people who are there? Have you ever been to an HOA meeting? You know, right? You know, enough said, right there. You know. It's not the same thing. It is important not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but that's not where the Holy Spirit began that thought. The thought began with this. Consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Think about each other. Love each other. The the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the churches of Galatia, would remind them of the importance to bear one another's burdens and in so doing fulfill the law of Christ. If we are going to stay focused... As an evangelistic group of disciples, we must stay focused on relationship. Relationship to Jesus Christ and consequently relationship to one another, those others who are also committed 
to Jesus Christ. This is fundamental to who we are and what we're all about. Ladies and gentlemen, we are called together as the people of God to go forth into this world and carry the message of Jesus Christ. This is our charge. This is our task. This is our work. And may God help us to stay focused on the thing to which we have been called. If you're here this morning and not a Christian, what a wonderful time for you to confess your faith in Christ and put Him on in baptism. And if you're a child of God who needs to come home, won't you come this morning while we stand and sing?